So today I want to talk about how to respond to your circumstances. How to respond to your circumstances. So if you have your Bible, open your Bible to the book of Philippians. I'll do be here two weeks. I'm just going to do the first part of this verse. Um, he says, uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. If you have your Bible, thank you, ushers. If you have your Bibles, please open it there and let's look at it together. He says, he says, be anxious for nothing. Yeah, you know, sometimes things happen and we get anxious. He says, but in, in what? In everything, by prayer and supplication with, see, a lot of people quote this passage, but they don't quote the whole passage. He says, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to who? To God. Amen. I want to talk about this morning how to respond to your circumstances. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for being in this place on this morning. Father, you've met us here already. We are we have been filled with the Holy Spirit. The worship has been given to you. Now we ask that you'd bless now the preaching of your word. Would you speak to us right now, God, from your word? Lord, we love you today and we magnify your holy name. Speak to us, God. We're listening from your word. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of God will last forever. In Jesus' name, amen. And thank God. You may be seated. In the presence of God. Amen. How to respond to your circumstances. I don't know about you, but I know that in life we face different circumstances. Um, you may wake up today and go to work tomorrow and they may tell you that they're laying off. Amen. You may run into a situation when you leave church today. It may be a circumstance that causes you, amen, to lose your faith. What I found out is that circumstances, no matter what they are, James says, they come in multicolor. He says when you encounter various trials, oftentimes in life we face circumstances and what I found out is that sometimes, even as believers, we can be in church week after week, month after month, year after year, and yet we are still responding the same way to the same circumstance. I want to say this to you. If the circumstance that you're facing today keeps coming up, then I want to clue you in on something. You haven't passed the test. Usually, God will allow things to come into your life so that he can grow from it. Oftentimes, rather than growing from it, we grow bitter from it. And I want to say to somebody here this morning, whatever circumstance you may be facing this morning, amen. I told you on Sunday, last Sunday at 10 o'clock, I told you that there's no mountain that's too big that you can't speak to. There's no trial too big where you can't overcome. There's no situation in your life that you cannot overcome if you have the faith, the size of a mustard seed. I told you last week that the Bible says that there's nothing will be impossible for the one who possesses faith. 
Nothing will be too hard for you if you apply faith to your situation. We find here in Philippians chapter 6, Philippians chapter 4, we find that Paul is writing to this Philippian church and he's writing to them to thank them for the love gift that they had given to him. No other church took care of Paul like the Philippian church. And Paul understood that there were trials and there were circumstances coming up within the lives of the believers. May I say this to you? As long as you stay with God, and even if you don't stay with God, you're going to face circumstances. Listen, circumstances will show up in different forms, different colors, different sizes, different shapes. And what you and I must learn to do is we must learn how to respond to circumstances. Paul writes to these believers, and what we find here. In verse 1 and verse 2, we find that there was a division in the church. There was two sisters in the church that couldn't get along. Verse 2, Paul writes and says, I urge Eutyche and Syntyche to live in harmony in the Lord. He says that whatever was going on between them, Paul was admonishing them to settle the issue. He writes and he goes on and says, he says, indeed, true companions, I ask you also to help these women, watch this, who have shared my struggle in the cause of the gospel, together with Clements also and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. One of the things you got to remember when you're going through circumstances is you got to remember who you are. You got to remember that your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. What Paul was trying to say to them, listen, don't forget all of the good works that you have done for the Lord because sometimes our circumstance will cause us to forfeit everything that we have done in the kingdom of God. I'm talking to somebody here today that your circumstance is becoming your God. Come on, somebody. Your circumstance is becoming your idol. And oftentimes in this journey, we can allow our circumstance to become bigger than us. Paul says, listen, I don't want y'all to trip. I want y'all to get along. In verse 4, he says, and, and all through the book of Philippians, it's a book of joy. He tells them to rejoice what? In the Lord. Always. There it is. And again I say rejoice. Paul reiterates the fact that even in the midst of your circumstance, that you have to find a way to rejoice. Do I have anybody here that got something to rejoice about this morning? That when you think back over your life, and you think back to all that God has done for you, there's a reason to rejoice. I know it's tough right now. I know it's rough right now. I know circumstances may seem impossible, but may I say this to you? You and I have something to rejoice about. That Jesus hung, bled, and died on Calvary's cross for our sins. That he made a way out of no way. That he woke me up this morning. That he 
started me on my way. I'm talking to myself. Amen. Somebody here this morning can testify that you are a fellow worker in the kingdom of God. And ever since you've given your life to Jesus, it seems like the devil just won't leave you alone. But I want to tell you something. Your circumstances is temporary. Do I have anybody? Paul tells us in the context. He says, first of all, I want you to rejoice. I want you to learn how to have joy in the midst of your trials. Now, uh, James says the same thing. Now, James says to the 12 tribes who are dispersed abroad, he says to them, he says, I want you to consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. I see a contrast here. I see that every time in scripture I see circumstances or trials, right before it or right after it, I see the command to rejoice. I'm going somewhere. Could it be that God knows something about our trials, about our circumstances, and rather than us sitting around, yeah, moping about it, crying about it, worried about it, then could it be that we ought to learn what God has, what God knows about the situation, and we ought to rejoice anyhow because we know that God is bigger than my circumstance. Could it be that God is trying to tell us that, listen, your circumstance is designed to, sh to change you, to shape you, but also to transform you. So in spite of what you're going through, you ought to rejoice anyhow. Look what he says in verse 5. See, this is what happens when we, when we get our, our, our feathers ruffled. When we get our feelings hurt. Amen. Look what it says in verse 5. He said, let your what? Huh. Isn't that amazing how circumstances change your attitude? Look what he said. Let your what? Gentle spirit. Isn't that something before the circumstance you were gentle? Come on, somebody. I think the circumstance just revealed who you really were. He says, let your gentle spirit be known what? To all men, not just people who are good to you, not just people who are kind to you, not just people who tell you what you want to hear, but he says, let your, let, listen, you ought to possess a gentle spirit. Gentle spirit which comes from the Holy Spirit, which the Holy Spirit produces fruits in your life. What are those fruits? Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentle. Did he say gentle? G gentleness. So in other words, what I am trying to become is already in me. It's about developing a relationship with God and the Holy Spirit so that I can learn how to walk in gentleness, live in peace, 
have joy even in the midst. See, what happens to us is that we often look to external things for our joy rather than tapping into the eternal or internal power that we possess from the Holy Spirit. I'm going deep on you today. Amen. You better follow me. Here's the thing. It's in you already. The spirit of joy is in you. The spirit of peace is in you. All of these things, that's if the Holy Spirit is in you now. He says, see, it's easy to say forget it. Am I right about it? It's easy for us to say, you know what, I'm done with this. It's easy to say that I give up. But the Holy Spirit, if he's in you, will not allow you to give up. You know why? Because he has power. Are you with me? Watch the text. The text says, let your gentle spirit, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. This is the part that really got me right here. The Lord is what? The Lord is what? So let me ask a question. You're going through your circumstance. You're troubled. You're tripping. Come on, somebody. Amen. You got trauma. Come on, somebody. It looks terrible. Amen. But the one thing that we usually forget in the midst of what we're going through, that the Lord is near. Do I have anybody? And because God is near, then I know that I'm not alone in my situation. Come here. Psalm said, Psalm 46 and 1, he says, God is our refuge. I'm going to preach by myself today. And strength, a very present help in times of trouble. Oh, I thank God for that promise this morning. That in every and any circumstance, that I know that my God is near. But the spirit that I possess in his presence is very important. If I have a gentle spirit, come on somebody, then I know that God will show up and show out in my situation. See, a lot of people quote that stuff, but they don't tell you that your attitude about God showing up matters. Because watch this, he's not going to show up if you have a bad attitude. He's not going to show up. Amen. If you decide I'm not going to believe anymore, he's not going to show up if you doubt. He's not going to show up if you give up, but he will show up if you have a gentle spirit. He'll show up. Amen. If you rejoice anyhow, he'll show up if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. He said the Lord is near. Thank God that I know something about my circumstance. That in every circumstance, God is near. I got three things and I'm going to sit down. Look what he says, verse 6. He says, be anxious. Now this word anxious means to be troubled about the cares of life. It means anxiety that's incompatible with trusting God. I'll say it one more time. It is anxiety that is incompatible with trusting God. A lot of us say, I have a hard time trusting God. Why do you have such a hard time trusting God when God shows you every day that he can wake you up? 
that in spite of your circumstance, he says, I am near, but you can't see me because you're tripped out. Watch the text. The text says, be anxious. So the first thing I want to give you, if you're going to respond, the first thing you have to do is this. You ready? Stop worrying. Very simple point. Stop worrying. You're worried about this. You're worried about that. You're worried about this and that and that and this and that and all kinds of stuff. You're so worried. Guess what? You look worried. <laughs> you look like you're finna change wigs on me. You, go, you know what I mean? I'm just saying. You just tripped out. And oftentimes, that's what happens to us. We often lose our composure and we start worrying. Worrying is the opposite of trust and faith. He says, be what? Anxious for what? For nothing. For what? Nothing. Look what he says. For what? For nothing but in what? Everything. See, that everything is very important. See, Paul's language here is deliberate. It's all-inclusive. Don't compartmentalize God out of your situation. Oftentimes, saints, we worry so much that it puts us in a place where we're like, we don't know what to do anymore. Worry is a sin, number one. Worry can affect your health. Worry can affect your vision. Worry will, watch this, will put a distance between you and God. So I'm worried about how I'm going to make it. I'm worried about money. I'm worried about food and clothing. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, if you, here's the thing. I believe that if we were to really start applying the word, then we will see different results in our lives. Watch what he says in Matthew 6. He says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all that promotion that you're trying to get, all that money you're trying to get, all that things you're trying to get, he says, and all these things, let me ask you a question. How committed are you to the kingdom? How committed are you to God? The reason we're worried, saints, is because we're looking at the world. And we're not looking at God who is near. Come on, somebody. He says, so the first thing I want to tell you is stop worrying about, watch this, stop worrying about nothing and stop worrying about everything. <laughs> stop worrying about the nothings in your life. The everything, everything that comes your way does not warrant a worry response. Come on, somebody. God is saying to you, trust me. Be anxious for nothing. Look what he says. Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, but in everything, by, this is what I call the byproducts. He says, by prayer. Now, the next thing is, you have to do is stop worrying but here's the problem with us. I'm, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer kind of point, right? But I'm going to put it like this. Stay consistent in prayer. The problem with us, we start and we stop 
But here's when we stop, y'all. We stop when we get a little bit of relief from our circumstance. And God says, you hadn't stayed there long enough on your knees, amen, for me to deliver you. So he says, in everything by prayer, prayer, watch this, watch this. Prayer is the antidote to worry. If you wanted to neutralize, amen, and watch this, and destroy worry, you got to pray. But here's what you got to do. You have to be consistent in your prayer. You have to be sincere in your prayer. You have to make sure that your motives, come on somebody, is right while you're praying. Are you with me? My circumstances will not overpower me. Because I understand my consistency with God puts me in a place of trust because I'm not going to run to the payday loan place. I don't think you hear me. I don't think you hear me. I'm not, yeah, uh, I'm not going to rent my rim. I wish I had somebody. I'm not going to rent a center. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm not going to get no title loan. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not pawning anything because guess what? My God is near. I don't think you hear me. And even when I had nothing, I've learned how to be content with nothing. Amen. God never left me when I had nothing. Come on, somebody. And this circumstance that I'm facing right now would not allow me to abandon my composure and my commitment to prayer. See, what we do is we run out and try to make things happen. And God says, I gave you the antidote to stop worrying, but you don't want it. You don't want the antibiotics for, 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 uh, for worry. Come on, somebody. You don't want to take the medicine for worry. The medicine for worry is prayer. But watch this. Watch what he says. He says, now, now this, these two words, prayer. Now, it's funny because the word supplication, he says, by prayer and what? Supplication. Now, watch this. The word supplication also means prayer. But it's a different kind of prayer. Oh, man. man. Watch watch this. The word for prayer, let me give it to you, is proskonos in the Greek. That's prayer. That means earnestly praying, right? The word for supplication is desis. Desis in the Greek. And the word means, watch this, to seek after. So oftentimes you can be praying, but you're not seeking God. That's where in the ask, ask, seek, and knock. Come on, somebody. Jesus told us how to pray. He said, ask, seek, and what? Knock. Don't just ask and don't do anything. So my next point is, if you're going to handle, if you're going to respond to your circumstance, the next thing you must do is seek God with all you have. 
Seek God. You got to supplicate. In other words, entreat him. Amen. The word means to keep asking, keep entreating, keep going. Don't stop. Keep going till you get an answer. But seeking God, watch this. See, here's what I found out. You will find out more about God in your circumstance than you would in your prosperity. You'll find out more about yourself in the prosperous times. Amen. Because you get to see what your motives really were. God wants to bless you, but he wants to know, can I trust you? Oh, I wish I had somebody. Can he trust you? So, in other words, when my circumstance come, I have, watch this, I have to keep seeking him earnestly. I have to keep entreating God. Listen, don't just pray and stop. Seek God. Whatever you've prayed about, get up and go and seek and God will lead you. Come on, somebody. To the right place, to the right situation. But as you go seeking, you're still asking, God, show me where to go. God, help me with this situation. God, I'm seeking you with all I have. Do I have anybody here that have anything? That, that, that you have anything left? Amen. But if whatever you have left in your circumstance, you have to keep seeking God. The, the first thing we cut out when we're going through is church. We'll sit on and say, I prayed at home. But we won't make it to Bible study. You know, we stopped going to Bible study. We were earnestly going before. We stopped because our circumstances become so massive. It's become bigger than our God. Are you with me? He says, but with supplication, and lastly, he says, what? Now, I told you prayer was the antidote, but I believe this is the super-duper antidote. Look what he says. He, said, he says, with what? Thanksgiving. Huh. With what? So the next point is stay thankful. You know what happens to us? When we're going through circumstance, we become ungrateful. Why did Paul tell them to stay, to, to be thankful? How can you, you know, oftentimes we pray and we never thank. We never give God thanks. God answers our prayer. He answers our prayer. Amen. He speaks to us. He, he he, he answers our prayer, but guess what? We're not thankful, saints. He says, in everything, be what? Be what? Be thankful. And there's another antidote for worry. Keep rejoicing. Keep thanking God. Keep praising him. Keep asking him, God, I love you. God, I thank you. Thank you for the storms. Thank you for the situation. Thank you for the correction. Thank you for the circumstance. See, it's easy to complain about it, but if you start thanking him for it, then you'll see who you're really trusting in the midst of your storm. Look what he says, and I'll give you this last point. 
Look what he says. And let your what? Request. Let your request what? Your request what? You ready? Ready for my last point? I'm going to sit down, y'all. Watch this. You ready for this? Some of you need this. Some of you need this. Got a circumstance. You ready for this? My last point. Stop talking to people. And talk to God. We call everybody. We text folk. We Snapchat them. We do all kinds of stuff. You call everybody. And if you notice that your circumstances are still there, talk to someone who can do something about it. And do you know who can do something about it? Jesus. Anybody here this morning got a circumstance? You have to talk to God about it. And stop talking to people about it. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting counsel. There's something different. But when you are just picking up the phone randomly and you're just rattling off to everybody, man, I don't know how I'm going to do that. Girl, you don't know. I told you. Yeah, you know. Can I ask you something? All the people you've called, except for the for God and, and some spiritual advice, right? Have they ever been able to help you? Possibly not. And so if you're going to respond to your circumstance correctly, first thing you got to do is what? Stop worrying. Number two, stay consistent in prayer. Number three, seek God with what? With all you have. Number four, stay what? Faith. Stay thankful. And then lastly, <laughs> stop talking to people. Talk to God. Give God a hand clap of praise.